Uh, when you are reading the Psalms, anytime you, you see a, a heading, not just the, the heading of the Bible, but kind of more of a smaller heading like you see here in this one, a psalm, a song for the Sabbath. Uh, that's actually a part of the, the sacred text. That they, certain psalmists kind of um, put those in the early manuscripts. Uh, now, if you were a, a Jewish believer, everything uh, stopped during the Sabbath for you. So if you were part of uh, the Jewish community, you didn't do work on the Sabbath, right? We, we know that the, the Ten Commandments honor, uh, remember the Sabbath, honor the Sabbath. Uh, we want to make sure that we uh, recognize that God has kind of given us this day to set aside from our labors to rest in Christ, to rest in the, the salvation that God promised in Christ uh, before he came and then uh, after he has come. This is one of the things that the, the, the psalmist would have probably, or the, the people of Israel would have sung uh, on the Sabbath day when they were giving praise and honor to God. And as we begin the kind of this, this idea, we, I guess we want to ask you is how do you approach your Sabbath? How do you approach your, your Lord's Day? Uh, we don't celebrate the Sabbath on Saturday as the Jewish people did. We, we celebrate uh, uh, on the Lord's Day, Sunday. That's the day of marking his resurrection. We see that uh, in the Gospels. And then in uh, Revelation, it says that on the, on the Lord's Day, being Sunday, when, when Christ raised from the dead, we, we set aside our, our labors and we give our attention to the Lord. Uh, now, Sundays and, and labor on Sundays has changed over the years. There used to be a time in our country where uh, no one worked on Sundays because everything was closed. Um, uh, now that's not such the case. We have jobs, and sometimes our, our jobs demand us to, be on, uh, to work on Sundays. But when we come together on Sunday, the Lord's Day, to worship, what's our attitude? What's our heart? Is this something that we have to do? Uh, is this a burden that we bear? Or is it a joy and a delight when we come together, gather as God's people? You'll see even that a little bit in the sermon on Sunday when the, the joy and the blessing it is to come together as a people, a people that have been set apart by God and His grace. This psalm is really kind of taken in, in two parts, kind of a chiastic structure. You have a kind of a praising at the beginning, you kind of have this middle rebuke, and then you have this praising at the, at the end of the psalm. It begins in verse 1, "'It is good to give thanks to the Lord, to sing praises to your name, O Most High.'" Uh, I, I say this often, but one of the things we should often do is we should just give thanks to God for all the things he's doing in our life, right? How many things is the Lord doing right now, right? Uh, he's given us a place to meet. He's given us air in our lungs. He's given us community and family. He's given us so many things, and I, we want to celebrate that. I mean, think about all the things God has done in our church over the last year. I mean, God has kind of formed a, a core team that we're going to be sending out for Pioneer, God has brought us solely day of glory to be part of our, our bodies, brought us Pastor Victor to be part of our, of our church staff. God continues to bless our budget financially. God has given us the ability to purchase the field behind us and the ability to kind of uh, help with our infrastructure and build um, a parking lot. You know, God has continued to bring members into our church. And just this past Sunday, three of our, of our children came to me and said, Pastor Dave, I'm ready to get baptized right? The excitement that is in their heart, right? That God is doing a work. And when we, when we come on Wednesday night, that's when we almost every single week we're praying for our children. We're praying for our children that God would save them. And, and guess what, beloved? God is saving our kids. And we want to rejoice in that. We want to give thanks to God for what he's doing. This is the, one of the points I made on Sunday is that we often struggle with discontentment with what we have in life, right? One of the cures for discontentment is giving thanks, I'm not going to look at what I don't have. I'm going to give thanks to what I do have. God has given us so much. Let us give thanks to him and praise his holy name. 
We can, we, can, we can remind our hearts to do that on the Sabbath, on the Lord's Day. To declare your steadfast love in the morning and your faithfulness by night. It's kind of this, the beginning, the beginning of the day and the end of the day should all belong to the Lord. Uh, some people make it a habit of waking up early and spending their, their morning hours in, in, in quiet uh, prayer and study of God's Word. And then others, at the end of their evening, do what? They pray and they commit they commit, recommit this day to the Lord. Commit myself to you as I, as I, as I sleep. Uh, that's what we should do. Our whole day, the beginning to the end, should be about the Lord, declaring His steadfast love to those in our lives. And we should often do this with song, to the music of the lute and the harp, to the melody of the lyre, right? We should, we should sing God's praises. And uh, musical instruments are, are, are a blessing from God and God has given us many musicians in our congregation, and we have made a beautiful music unto the Lord, and we should celebrate that, right? I mean, even the new song we sang this past Sunday, Not Yet I, But Through Christ in Me, like, we want to celebrate and rejoice in that song. And I think about His mercy is more, and how, how precious that song is, is to me. Every time I, th- I think about those lyrics, that um, what patience when we roam, when we wander from the Lord, God shows us His grace and His mercy. I pray that that would be you throughout the day, that you would take songs and sing, joy, sing joyfully to the Lord. Uh, just this past week, Simeon and Dupali, whose birthday is tomorrow, um, just want everyone to know that. Um, you can wish him a happy birthday today or tomorrow. I'm sure he'll take them both. Um, he just sent me a, a, a simple text saying, uh, here's a great CD on Romans 8. A church put together a, a, a whole worship set on Romans 8, reading scripture and praising uh, that Romans, singing Romans 8 in song. Oh, it has been feeding my soul over these last weeks. This is what we want to do. Four, it says, you, O Lord, verse four, have made me glad by your work. At the works of your hands, I sing for joy. So we, we can ultimately celebrate for the work that God has done for us in the Lord Jesus Christ. We are sinners and God rescued us from our sins by sending Christ to die for us, to be raised for us, to ascend and to come again. We never get over the gospel. Right, but because God has saved us in the gospel, there's a lot of things that are implied or implications of the gospel. First and foremost, we're saved from our sins. But God has not only just saved us from our sins, he's given us a new family, right? I mean, just talking to John and Jamie Whitaker, just like that, man, we have been so blessed, they say, right? Because of the love that God has shown them through the body of Christ. Praise God and praise God. There are so many things God gives us when we come to him. Not just uh, salvation, but a new community, joy, inner peace. This is why we can say, how great are your works, O Lord. Your thoughts are very deep. God's plans and his ways are very deep. He knows what's best for us, even in times of trial. So it begins this this psalm talking about the greatness of our God. And then he kind of makes a turn here and talks about those who don't see it, who don't see how good God is. Look at verse 6. The stupid man cannot know. The fool cannot understand this. That though the wicked sprout like grass and all the evildoers flourish. I mean, just think about this for a second. Sometimes we look in our, in our day and what do we see? We see the wicked flourishing. We see them th- going up like my parents' grass, right? I'm not sure if you've realized all the rain that's happened. I look at my parents' yard and there's just grass everywhere, right? Just kind of growing. There's like a mohawk right down the lawn. Um, it's fantastic. Um, maybe not for the neighbors, but for me and my own joy. Um, but it's flourishing. And that's what's happening with the world, right? The world, people who reject God are flourishing. 
They're thriving. And sometimes we may look at them and we may get discouraged or frustrated, but we have to remember what is their end. We, we should not, um, you know, be angry that they're flourishing now. We should, our hearts should grieve because of where they will end up. Look what it says. They are doomed to destruction forever. But you, O Lord, are on high forever. For behold, your enemies, O Lord, for behold, your enemies shall perish and the evildoers shall be scattered. When you compare the difference between the Lord who is eternal and forever, who's given us great works, those who are stupid, who cannot see it, live in wickedness and will end in destruction and damnation. And all of us were once there, were we not? Living for ourselves and the pleasures of this world, and God took our hearts and He changed them, and He opened our eyes so we could see the glory of God in Christ. Does your heart break for the wicked? One of my um, uh, favorite pastors here in Rock Hill uh, is, is a man who just loves revival. And I cannot tell you how many times I've sat with him. He's an older man in his, in his early 80s. And how many times I've just sat with him. And he starts talking about the wicked and what's happening in the world. And I just see him just start weeping. Just start weeping because of what he sees happening around him. Beloved, I pray that we would have that heart. That we would see wickedness and that we would not clench our fists, but that our hearts would break and that we would go to them and plead with them and declare the steadfast love of God to them, that God may open their eyes like he has done with us. So as the, the day begins with God and the night begins with psalm, so, so uh, begins with praise, so does this psalm, begins with praise and ends with praise. Verse 10, but you have exalted my horn like that of the wild ox. You have poured over my fresh oil. This is just for, for note. My horn was often mistranslated there, so sometimes it's kind of like a thing thought of maybe be a rhinoceros or a unicorn. That one was for free. Uh, verse 11. Uh, my eyes, it says, have seen the downfall of my enemies, and my ears have heard the doom of my evil assailants. The righteous are not doomed forever. What happens to the righteous? They flourish like the palm tree and grow like a cedar in Lebanon. They are planted in the house of the Lord. They flourish in the courts of our God. Now, this is not only in this life, but this is for eternity that God has promised us this. Beloved, do not only live for a breath, but live for eternity. It is much longer and much more fruitful. And if you are one who rejoices in God and sees God's good work, you won't just bear fruit now but even as the text says, you'll bear fruit in old age. Look at verse 14. They, the righteous, still bear fruit in old age. They are ever full of sap and green. You know, I, I have been joking to myself of, of late. Um, I find maybe a critical spirit rising up in me more often than I care to admit. Um, and forgive me for saying this out loud, but sometimes I would say something like, I have the cranky old deacon in me, um, where I can't be happy with anything. Um, we don't want to be uh, a church of, of, of cranky, critical people, right? 
Uh, and those of you who are, who are, uh, are kind of nearing the fall, the autumn of, of your life, you could easily turn and be discouraged and disgruntled and see all that is wrong with the world. I was with Emil lately, uh, just this, this morning, with a group of, of men who were uh, in their uh, later half of their life, and they were uh, very disgruntled um, with what they see happening. But if you are in Christ, if you are of the righteous, what should happen if you are, in, even in your old age, you should bear fruit. And I can look out here and I can, by God's grace, I can see uh, our, our seniors who are bearing fruit in their old age, that their countenance is not critical or angry, but joyful, are happy. Praise God for that. That's the, the picture of, of righteousness. And I pray that they would be a model, <clears throat> excuse me, a model to us as we age that when, when our bodies start to, to ache more and we tend to, to lose some of the ability that we once had, that we don't get critical or angry, but that we rejoice and bear fruit in the kingdom of God. Lastly, this psalm ends in verse 15, to declare, these, even in your old age, the righteous declare this, we want to declare this, to declare that the Lord is upright, He is good, He is my rock, and there is no unrighteousness in Him. Uh, listen, in this life, we will face many trials and many things that are difficult, <clears throat> but the Lord, there is no unrighteousness in him. He is perfect. He is our rock. He is our king. Uh, so I pray that it, on, on our Sabbath days, when we gather as the Lord's, on the Lord's day, I pray that we would give thanks to him for he is good and his steadfast love endures forever. I pray that we would come with an eye of excitement to bear fruit to the Lord of lords and the King of kings, to pour our lives out for others in service, right? Uh, we have so many people in our congregation giving themselves to the body of Christ. I just ask you to give yourself to the body of Christ by parking a little farther away, and we have people giving themselves and teaching children and, and watching children one-on-one and, and, doing, and playing, playing music and, and, and doing uh, so many things in the life of the body, setting up chairs, right? If you want to move chairs, just hang out with Grant Hinson. He'll move you some chairs, right? Uh, you know what I'm talking about, those who are laughing, right? But listen, God is so good, and he is worthy of our praise. So when we gather on the Lord's Day, let us just come together in an excitement that we get to worship our God who has redeemed us and let us bear fruit until he returns. Father, we love you and we, we pray as your people that we would uh, speak of your good works, that we would sing praises to you for you are good and your steadfast love endures forever. God, I pray when we think about the wicked that we would not envy them, but that we would grieve for them for their doom is sure. But we thank you that you, our God, will live forever. We pray as we age and as we grow, God, that we would always give you honor and praise for you and you alone are worthy. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.